0: Bibles remain standing for just a moment and turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, we're going we're to start there and, and get around and get some places. And uh, uh, we are, we're, not, we're, not gonna, we're not missing our, our Matthew. We're going to get back to Matthew, but I want to kind of conclude uh, the series we've been preaching the last four or five weeks on following Jesus. I want to issue a challenge to you today and uh and 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 announce what we're going to be doing tonight. All right? Luke chapter uh number nine. Luke chapter number nine, and we'll be in verse number 57. It's good to see everybody out today. Good crowd here on a summertime. Uh it's good to be in the Lord's house. Uh I I I'm telling you, I'd rather be here in any hospital I know. Everybody say amen? Uh uh I I'm I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel Satan trying to fight today. I, I, I hope it's just me. Uh, but what we're fixing to talk about is very, very important. It's, it's, let me just say it. It is critical. It is critical. And, and so I want you to, I want you to pray for me. I want you to, how many of y'all know Jesus? Amen. Come on, raise your hand. How many of y'all know Jesus? I want y'all to pray. All right. Pray that God will speak to us today and God will help me deliver to you the word I need to say. Amen. Uh uh how many of y'all know our country is is headed to hell in a handbasket 100 miles an hour I am going to read a I'm going to read a statement from a man of God a pastor friend of mine that, that that I believe is very wise and and uh and it is very it's chilling it is very chilling and and so let's let's just read a couple verses and then I'll let you sit down all right Luke chapter 9 and verse number 57 if you're there say amen And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Man, that sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Sounds sounds committed. Uh, According to the book of Matthew, uh, this man is a scribe. He is someone who knew the law frontwards and backwards. He was someone who was very influential. It was somebody probably on the more wealthier side of culture. And he said, I'll follow you whether you go. Jesus said unto him, is that right? Well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. Uh And he said unto another, which gives the implication that he left, that he went away. He said to someone else that was standing by, follow me. Say it with me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, and by the way, by the way, this is not, this don't mean he died and he's waiting on the funeral. What he's saying is, he, wait till my father dies and then I will come and follow you. That's what this means. His father wasn't dead because in that day they did, the Jews did not embalm. And so they would bury the same day. And so he's saying, wait till I can let my father die and get my inheritance Then I'll come and follow you. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but, but, man, that's a lot of people today, but let me give you the conditions where I'll follow you. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home, at my house. And Jesus said, now all these things seem legit, right? How many of y'all know all the excuses we make seem legit, right? And Jesus said unto him, how many? No man. Say it again. No man. no man, having put his hand to the plow and back. is fit for the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your blessings and your mercy. Lord, I feel, I feel, I feel Satan trying to fight today. This is something he doesn't want us to hear. This is something he doesn't want your people to know. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll give me liberty to preach. I pray, Lord, that you'll fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'll touch every ear that they may hear and understand your word today. I pray that you'll put a hedge about this place. Keep every demon and devil away. I pray, Lord, that you will challenge us today. I pray that you will convict us today. I pray that you will edify your saints today. I pray your perfect will be done. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you and we'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for everything accomplished today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Before we begin in our notes today, I want to, I want to read this, this statement that was made uh, by, matter of fact, uh, Dr. Craig Edwards is going to be coming in September to do a Bible conference. It's going to be really intense. It's going to be something that you do not want to miss, but this was, this was something that he posted. He said, church, as we know it today, will become a thing of the past in a few short years. We are following the same path that other countries, such as England, have traveled. Now, keep in mind: anytime you you hear a statement like that, it's very easy to dismiss it. It's very easy to dismiss and say, "Oh, he's just being a he's being a, a, a fearmonger, and, and and he's just trying to uh, he's being extreme with this." But but hear hear him out. Hear him out. Churches, we know it today, will become a thing of the past in a few short years. And that's not a good thing, by the way. He's not saying that in a good way. We are following the same path that other countries, such as England, have traveled. Church attendance is dropping all across America because of sporting events, other weekend activities, and unconcern. People are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Parents are not teaching their children the importance of public assembly. If parents are not serious about church attendance, there's a 98% chance their children will be even less serious about it. England, now think about this. England at one time was home to some of the strongest churches and greatest preachers in the world, one being Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Most of those same churches have long since closed their doors, and the few that remain open are ready to die. It's already happening here. Today, Islam is growing in England at a rapid pace, and much of the country embraces atheism. America is traveling in the same direction. We are less than a generation away from a godless society. It would be good for all those who only attend church when it's convenient or have nothing else to do to try to imagine a country, a government, a society without the influence of the church. Islamists are not just wanting to be accepted in America. They want to control America. I fear for our children, our grandchildren, and those to follow. By the time parents realize what they've done, it will be too late. If it's not too late already. The only countries where Christianity is growing are the countries where Christians are being persecuted and even killed. I don't know if, I've talked to missionaries. I've talked to missionaries uh, and specific missionaries to England. And and I have been told that England is one of the hardest places in the world to minister. It's one of the coldest places in the world to minister. They are completely shut off to the gospel. Not that they don't have access to it. They don't want it. They don't desire it. They don't crave it. They are either uh, quickly becoming Islamic or atheist in mindset and theology. And they don't want anything to do with God. This is a nation who sent out missionaries. This is a nation who was responsible for the Bible in your lap. This is a nation who had churches that were powerful lighthouses of the gospel. Charles Haddon Spurgeon seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people saved and called out from his ministry out of England, and now they're dead and gone. Dead and gone. Listen, they've turned their back on God, they've turned their back on scriptures. And I, I wrote something at the top of my notes, and, and and this is what I put: I'm afraid, I'm afraid that we have been we we have been very good at creating church attenders and not Christ followers. We've learned how to market and we've learned how to advertise and we've learned how to create things for the benefit of people. And we have created a Christian culture that is more about me than it is about God. And it's more about convenience than it is about character and sacrifice. And we are in trouble. We're in trouble. We're not making disciples. So how do you know? Because a disciple is one who makes disciples. Let me say that again. A disciple is one who makes disciples. In one of our trainings, the man said this, and I can't, I'm can't. i telling you, it's just been going over and over and over in my head. If you are not making disciples that make disciples, you're not making disciples because disciples make disciples. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we, having, are we just having a good time every week? Have we created a place where we can just come and get a feel-good feeling, a, a place where we can get energized to go back? Are we making disciples? Are we following Jesus? Are we fishing for men? Are we learning the Word and obeying the Word? Listen, guys, we, 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 we signed the papers this week. We signed the papers this week on a, on a building and a property that was given to our church because there no longer has a church there. This is, not, this is not fear-mongering. This is not just something I'm trying to do to, to stir your emotions. And I'm telling you, reality. The, the, the piano that used to be on this platform, listen, the, 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 the piano that was given to us, uh, Miss, Miss Jane is right here, or excuse me, Miss Edna is right here. What size? What size did your church get up to there in Birmingham? Hundreds. I seen a picture. I seen a picture. Of probably eight or nine hundred people. It's no longer in existence in Birmingham, in the Bible Belt, in America. God's not a priority anymore. God, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not that God's not a priority. He's not even an afterthought anymore. Right. And here we are <clears throat> tonight. I, I'm 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 going to announce a ministry that we're going to try to start. And uh, uh, this is this is the Timothy Initiative, Disciples Making Disciples. This is where they this is what they take to Nigeria. Matter of fact, you have been uh, so so kind to help support this ministry and in, and in, in all over the world. They're disciples making disciples and we're going to do it here. We're going to do it here. If they can do it under the threat of machete taking off their head in Nigeria, bless God, we can do it right here in Coleman, Alabama. But it's going to require, it's going to cost, it's going to cost. It's going to be, it's going to be challenging. Let me say this. Let me say this if I can say this right. It's going to be easy to do, but it's going to be hard to do. It's going to be incredibly easy to do. But it's going to be incredibly hard to do. I know what you're thinking. Pretty double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're going back to the book of James. I understand. Let me say this. It's going to be easy because it doesn't, it doesn't require a lot of wisdom or knowledge or, 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 or intellect. It doesn't require a whole lot of education. How do you know? Because if a man that is a demoniac, who's been spent his whole life running around in tombs, naked, with de- full of demons, can go out and do what he, what God said to do, we can do it. Are y'all with me? So it's that part's not going to be hard. But what's going to be hard is, are you going to be committed? That's where it comes in. That's the hard part. Will we commit to this? Will we commit to following Jesus and make disciples? How many of you, here's a question, how many of you got to share your story this week? Right, raise your hand real high, raise your hand real high. Got to share, great. Got to share your story. Got to share your story and witness to someone. I got the opportunity to do that. I was, I, I got to spend a couple days with my brother this week and, and, and he has a, a fishing partner and I got to share my story with him. Where's he gonna go? We're in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Say amen. amen. And I hope, Todd, if you're watching... <laughs> If you're watching, I'm praying for you, man. I'm praying for you. Listen, people are sending that. Why, why are you saying that? Because, look, we've got, I don't know. I don't know how many people we've got in here today. Quite a bit, about a 1,000, I reckon. I don't know. Uh, uh, but out of all of this, we're, we're disciples, right? We're disciples, right? We're disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is one who makes disciples. If we're following Jesus, we're fishing for men. And, and out of all these people, there was probably 12 in here. Out of a 1,000, Something's wrong. Preacher, you're going to make everybody mad. They're going to leave. I can't help it. I can't help it. What are we going to do when we get to heaven and find out we get to the top of the uh, of the church building ladder and find out we was on the wrong building? God didn't call me to fill this building. God didn't call me to build buildings. He called me to make disciples. Y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus was very attractive. He was very attractive, right? And I'm not talking about physical features because we, we, he wasn't attractive there. Right. He was made of no reputation there. But when you can walk on water, somebody's going to want to see you. Y'all with me? If you can turn water into wine, you're going to have people hanging out with you. If you can take one lad's lunch and have the world's largest fish fry, somebody is going to want to talk to you. When you can heal lame legs and you can heal blinded eyes and you can do the things that you do, man, you're going to have a crowd. And boy, did he have a crowd everywhere he went. He was just like a rock star. And I mean that in a way that there was crowds attracted to. But watch what Jesus did. Now, now, if it was the modern day Baptist, we'd build a bigger building. Yeah. <laughs> this is wonderful. Look at us. Look at our ministry. Look how many people want to hang out with us. But that's not what Jesus did. Yeah, right. Anytime he had these crowds, he would see their heart. He would know what they were really thinking. This scribe came up to him and said, hey, I'll follow you wherever you go. And he said, is that right? Really? You, you're going to follow me wherever I go. Now, see, I don't have the ability to look in your heart, but Jesus did, and Jesus knew. You see, this scribe, this scribe, this religious man who knew the law frontwards and backwards, he was used to politicking. And he was used to all the political moves to get in the right spot here and get in the right spot there to benefit him financially. And he's seeing himself getting on the ground floor with a man who could do miracles. Well, if I could get in with this man, whoo. That's why Jesus confronted his spirit and confronted his heart and said, hey, let me tell you something. If you're going to follow me, I don't even have no bread to lay down. Oh. And, and 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 we're trying to do everything possible to make it convenient. And I'm not against that. Trust me. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying that for an unbeliever. Okay. But for church people, we're having to make it more convenient. Well, if I now watch number one, let's get to the notes. I'm gonna run too many rabbits. <laughs> Jesus has a way, Jesus has a way of thinning the herd, if you will. He has a way of getting down to the nitty gritty. He has a way of getting to the truth. And every time the crowds begin to follow him, he would would go down and narrow it down and He would say, I want my house full. He said, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come into my house that it may be full. So he's he's preaching to the crowd, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. If you're thirsty, come unto me, I'm the living water. If you're hungry, come unto me, I am the bread of life. So he's, he's preaching and he's inviting the masses and when the masses come, then he will say this, unless a man hate his father and his mother and his sister and his brother, he cannot be my disciples. Unless a man will deny himself, take up his cross, And follow me, he cannot be my disciple. So he's bringing it down, he's narrowing it. What is is he saying here? We got three different situations. Three different men. Three different opportunities, if you will. People saying they want to follow Jesus. People saying they want to follow Jesus. People saying they want to follow Jesus. They want his favor and they want his touch and they want his blessings. And Jesus said, Okay, you want to follow me? You want to follow me? To the scribe first, he says, The foxes have holes, the birds, they have nests. I don't have anything. I don't have everything. Now think about this Jesus never owned anything, he even borrowed the grave he used. He never owned anything, never had any possessions. What does this speak of? Number one. Following Jesus means there's no convenience. There's no convenience. Say it with me. There's no. Come on everybody. Say it with me. There's no. Convenience. Convenience. Acts 24. Look at this. In your notes. It says. And after certain days when Felix came with wife Drusilla which was a jewish he sent for paul and heard him concerning the faith in christ and he reasoned paul reasoned with him of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come felix what he trembled and he answered go thy way for this time when i have a when i have a convenient season i will call for thee let me say there's nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture where it says he called for Paul again. I need a more convenient time. I, I, I want to. I mean, trust me, he was under conviction. When you're trembling, you're under conviction. God was dealing with him. God was speaking to him. The Word was working on him, and he was under intense conviction of the Holy Ghost. And he said, but it's just not convenient right now. It's not politically feasible, it's not culturally acceptable. Uh, what would society what would what would my friends think? It's just not convenient. when I, when it's a little more convenient. And most likely he died and went to hell. Preacher, I, I just don't I, it's just not convenient. Hebrews 11. <clears throat> It says, and others had trial of cruel mockings. This is, this is, by the way, Hebrews 11 is the faith hall of fame. Y'all with me? It's God going through the, the scriptures and going through the times, the, the, the history of God's people and describing the, 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 the way that they served him and the way that they lived. And it's kind of like we have a hall of fame. This is the hall of faith. This is, this is who God is saying, is, is, is bringing his praise to, if you will. He said that these had trial of cruel mockings and scourging. Scourgings are beatings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. In other words, they were sawn in half. Were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted and tormented. It says of whom the world was not even worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens of caves of the earth. All these having obtained a good report through faith, receiving not the promise. You see, they they wasn't concerned about convenience. They, They wasn't concerned about what was easy. They wasn't concerned about what we had spare time for. Listen to this. Listen to this Barna research at the bottom of your notes. George Barna, after nearly 25 years of collecting and studying spiritual data and trends, believes that the statistics show that Americans are showing a much more limited commitment to faith. Barna explained, Americans are willing to expend some energy in religious activities, such as attending church and reading the Bible, and I doubt that second one, and they are willing to throw some money in the offering basket. Because of such activities, they convince themselves that they are people of genuine faith. But when it comes to truly establishing their priorities and making a tangible commitment to knowing and loving God and to allowing Him to change their character and lifestyle, most people stop short. We want to be spiritual and we want to have God's favor, but we're not sure we want Him taking control of our lives and messing with the image and outcomes we work so hard to produce. Is that not exactly what Dr. Craig Edwards said? I want heaven. I want forgiveness. I want God to bless me physically. I want God to bless me spiritually. I want God to bless me financially. I need God's touch in my life, but I don't really need him telling me what to do. I don't want him controlling me. I want now watch this now. Watch this. Everybody. Hey, hey, hey. I know it's getting hard. We're not praying. Look up here. Come on. Come on. I know this is hard. This is hard on me. I don't want it delivered. I want to talk about grace and mercy and heaven streets, gold and, and walls of jasper and gates of pearl and forgiveness and blessing and favor. I want to talk about all that. I do, I do. But America's going to hell. And we want the blessings and we want the favor and we want the touch of God and we want him, watch now, we want him as our savior, but we don't want him as our Lord. As a sinner, I want him as my Savior. But we don't want this part over here. As a servant, he is our Lord. We're only concerned as long as it's convenient. Preach, if it's convenient, I'll give you some time. If it's convenient, I'll serve the Lord. There's nothing convenient about following Jesus. Nothing. Number two. He said, there's nothing convenient. I don't have anywhere to lay my head. Number two. And he said unto another, Jesus invites another to follow him. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead. And, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Number two, write this down. There's no delay. There's no delay. There's urgency. There's no delay. You remember what I said earlier? This guy, this guy is, is, he is saying, I want to wait until my father dies and, 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 and deal with all that. And it sounds respectable. It sounds respectable. It sounds like the right thing to do. But there's way more to it than that. Jesus seen something there. And the, and the implication is, you know, it could be, it could be the, the, the inheritance. It could be the money he stands to lose if he leaves. It could be all of these things. But I think what Jesus is really pressing in the matter is that we're running out of time. There is no delay. There is no delay. How many of y'all remember as we were reading in Matthew chapter number 4 when he saw them fishing, he said, Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And it says immediately... Straightway. Straightway. This is nothing to think about. This is nothing to pray about. This is nothing to contemplate. Listen, you're either going to follow Jesus or you're not. This is not, well, preacher, doesn't the Bible say we're to count the cost? No, that's not what the Bible says. That is not what the Bible says. That's being taken completely out of context. It doesn't say we're supposed to count the cost, that means He's already counted the cost. Jesus, in that chapter, when he said, Lest a man deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. And he talks about a man who is in a battle, he is in a fight, and he's going to say, who, How many is coming against him? Do I need to get ready for a fight? Or do I need to talk about some? Uh, let's talk about, let's get a little, a little treaty here going. Yeah. And then he says, How many of y'all started building a building? Don't sit down first. Watch this, don't sit down first and count the cost lest he don't have enough and people mock him. And what Jesus is saying, I'm building my church. And I have sat down and counted the cost. And the cost to build my church is not wishy-washy Christians. It's not in-and-out Christians. It's not non-committal Christians. What it's going to take to build my church is people that are sold out. People that are committed. People that will deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me not pray about it, not think about it, not contemplate on it, not try to see what it's going to cost me if I do. He's either worth it or he's not. Come and follow me. No delay. No delay. Delay Delay is dangerous. Delay is dangerous. Listen, how many of (laughs) y'all... How many of y'all that shared your story? You've tried to share your story before and you delayed. And then you end up not sharing your story. No delay. Immediately. How many of y'all know delay is disobedience? Delay is disobedience. How many of y'all had, how many of y'all had a parent that that uh, that still whooped you? Come on raise your hand Now if they gave you instructions Did you uh, I, I'm going to get around to it I don't know what y'all was like Mine that, I did, I don't, they, they didn't play that If they told you something You better do it Then Y'all with me Man, There's no delay Listen There's an urgency. Jesus came. Jesus came. Look what it says in Luke chapter number two. You see, number one, no convenience speaks of commitment. Number two, no delay speaks of urgency. Luke 2, 49. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wished you not that I, I, I must. Now he's 12 years old when he's saying this. How many of y'all older than 12 in here? Imagine Jesus being 12 years old and understanding the urgency about his father's business. Luke 4, and when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him. In other words, they begged him, please stay, please stay, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, come on, come on. I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also for therefore am I sent. John 9, 4, what's the first two words? Say it again. Say it again. I must work the works of him that sent me. Why? While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. You know what he's saying? I'm running out of time. I got to do it. Well, I can do it because there's going to come a day when I won't be able to do it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss Miss Edna, can I pick on you just a minute? <laughs> Miss Edna is the biggest sport in this whole place. That's right. That's right. That's- she is she's she's one of the, the coolest birds I ever was. Every time I see her, almost I'll ask Miss Edna how you doing, and she'll say the old gray mare ain't what she used to be. (laughs) Miss Edna, I know I'm not supposed to do this. Technically, this is politically incorrect to ask of a a lady. (laughs) But if you don't care, can I share everybody how long you've been on this earth? Okay, can you give me that number? How how old? I know I'm supposed to know. See? You see? This is what I've been dealing with 20 years. I do want to know. I wouldn't ask you if I didn't want to know. 94. 94. Miss Edna, when I first came, I I, I had to leave my family in North Augusta for a few weeks before I could come over. And Miss Edna made me a pan of biscuits this big. I'm not exaggerating. This big, about this wide. I ate on them till Tammy come home. (laughs) Her and Brother Smitty, Brother Smitty's in heaven right now and probably telling somebody what to do. (laughs) And and they were so instrumental in the beginning of of, of temple, not just temple, but uh, Harvest Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, was an incredible servant of God. Worked all every time I went down there. They were working in the kitchen. They were working in the in the uh, 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 at the at the Camp Tracy home. Brother Smithy took me down several times as we worked on dorm rooms and we worked on, 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 on buildings and things that needed done. And I'm, I'm just telling you right now, if it was possible, if it was possible, Miss Edna right now would want to be in that kitchen back there cooking biscuits for somebody who's hungry. That's right. yeah. That's right. But she can't. That's right. Because the days of doing that are temporary, and I, 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 I'm, I'm saying this not to make Miss Edna feel bad because I, I, she knows what I'm trying to do, and she supports me in my preaching. She's one of my greatest cheerleaders, so she knows what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to say this: one day you're going to be where Miss Edna is, and if you don't take advantage of the time you have right now. And I'm speaking to you under 40, under 30. Growing old is not for sissies. Stop, stop, I ain't through. You're taking up my time. I took a young man, I took a young man, I think he's 16 or 17, 16, I don't know. Every morning that I got up, I was on an air mattress. I rolled off of that thing and begged for his help to help me stand up till I could get to that bottle of Motrin. He's jumping around like a flea on the backside of a Chihuahua. <laughs> hey, stuff he can do, I can't do now. I, I'm no—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a spring chicken compared to Miss Edna. But there's still right now things I can't do that I used to do. Bridget, what is the point? What I'm trying to tell you, if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to do something that's important in your life, that's significant, we're running out of time. Quit thinking about things that's really not important. You know what he told this guy? He said, let the dead bury their dead. So what does that mean? He's talking about spiritually. Let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. In other words, this is a worldly thing. This is something that's non-eternal. That is something that's insignificant as significant as we think it is. I mean, we do, we think it to the point we still every year will decorate the graves and all that. He said, all that's temporary. All that's of this world. All that is insignificant. There's no priority there. What's priority is you sharing your story with somebody that they may miss hell and make it to heaven and spend eternity in glory with Jesus. And he says, quit wasting your time on things that are insignificant, that are not important. We're wasting our time on things of this world. And I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, not, I'm not jumping on nobody and say, you shouldn't do anything. That's of, of, of pleasure or of recreation. That's not what I'm saying. I love all that stuff, but I'm telling you we have totally pushed God out of the window and his will out of the window and our goal and our jobs and our responsibility as disciples making disciples out the window to focus our time on things that are insignificant and not a priority to God. Right, right. What about that? Right. Amen. Right. And we're running out of time. If you're on social media, how often does a, how often does, and I don't even, words, LBDGK, what, Q, what, y'all know what I'm talking about. How often does one of those advertisements pop up? And they don't want Christians shoving something down their throat. But you're seeing it in Commercials. You're seeing it every day, selling coffee. Everything in the... What are they doing? This world. This, and when I say this world, I'm primarily talking about America. Yeah, right. They're increasingly becoming atheistic and, and, listen, completely with animosity against the things of God. Yeah, right. While we're playing... And we don't have nobody to blame but ourselves. This country was founded on Christian principles and Christian freedom and religious liberty. And we took it for granted. We took it for granted. And before long, before long, we're going to end up just like England the spiritual light will be out oh preacher oh preacher you're just you're just too negative okay okay miss edna did you ever think that you would live to see an open openly homosexual presidential candidate in prime time at a debate. Did you ever think after nine one one that there would be uh, Muslim representatives in Congress? Come on, son, tell it. You're an Islamophobe. No, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And we, and we, God's people, are not even concerned yes. until now. Number three, number three, no convenience. Speaks of commitment. It's going to require commitment. No delay speaks of urgency. Look at the next one. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home and my house. Just let me go say bye. Man, that sounds, that's not that big a deal to see Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew his heart. If we're honest, the excuses we're making right now for missing church, for not sharing our faith, for not being committed, not being sold out, not treating Jesus as Lord of our life. If the truth be known, Dr. E.V. Hill was right, an excuse is a, Lie wrapped in laziness. See, Jesus knew what the real deal was. Jesus knew if he went home, he wouldn't come back. And he said, no man who puts his hand to the plow, looking back, is worthy of the kingdom. Now what does that mean? You farmers know what it means. If you're plowing and you're looking back, you're not going to have a straight road. You can't do it. That's why, everybody look at me. I know some of you are mad that it's almost over and you'll be able to leave. But that's why your rear view mirror is that big. But your windshield, no! No! I didn't see you up there, man. You snuck in on me. Good to see you. That's my bud up there. I'm sorry. Squirrel! Squirrel, I got. I'm sorry. I didn't take my medicine this morning, Robert. I didn't take it. I don't know. I was looking through my rearview mirror when I seen you. Amen. Amen. How big's your windshield? Did you ever notice when did you ever notice that in the in the 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 armor the spiritual armor the only thing that's covered is the front there's no armor for your backside because you're always supposed to be He said, you can't be looking back. You can't be looking back. There's no indecision. There's no, well. No indecision speaks of focus. No indecision speaks of focus. I got to be honest with you guys. I look forward every year to get to go spend some time with my brother. And this trip was kind of hard. man, I miss home. I mean, that's where I grew up. Some of y'all understand that. If you've ever been away and whatever. And I was just talking to Joe, just, you know, just talking, wasn't... I don't know what he thought, but I said, "Man, I miss home." I said, "Boy, wouldn't it be something?" It, 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 I I need to start something down here. Joe, you just got to know my brother. He don't say a whole lot. He said, "You better just stay where you're at." <clears throat> Now, he's about as spiritual as a snow cone. <clears throat> <laughs> but he said, You just need to stay where you're at. Yeah. And I, I'm just telling, I'm, I don't know, but oh, dear God, preachers thinking about leaving. Thinking, I'm not, that, that is not what I said, and that is not what I meant. I'm, what I'm saying is this it is so easy to get caught up when we start. Emotions get stirred, feelings get stirred. That's why Jesus said, "Don't don't look back. Don't look back. Don't think about what you're missing. Don't think about what you're giving up." Some of y'all are being really challenged right now and being convicted to be here tonight to to to. to Become, you call it advanced discipleship, discipleship 102, whatever you want to call it. Disciples making disciples. But God's really challenging you about coming and hearing it. And, and now you think, well, what's it going to cost me? Don't look back. Don't look back. We got to stay. Paul said, I press toward the mark. I press Pursue. Press means to force to. to, Man. You got to go forward. You got to go forward. Are you going to follow Jesus? As far as I know, as far as I know, this is going to be the last message on following Jesus out of this series. So some of y'all can relax. You can come back next week. But tonight at 4 o'clock in the Rock. Why are you having it in the Rock? Because I don't expect a whole lot of people to show up. Three weeks ago, I encouraged everybody to share your faith. Share your story. That's what we're here to do. We're supposed to be fishers of men. And maybe 20 altogether out of the three weeks have done it. That's why we're going to have it in the Rock. And that's okay. That's okay. In a few years, churches, we know it. Is not going to exist. Listen, we're going to go back to the book of Acts and take church to the streets. And the highways and the hedges. And if they're not going to come to us, we're going to them. I hope you'll join me to do that. Because probably tonight will change your life. I've been sharing my story, and not just that, when I have just a brief, I cannot tell you, I had, I had Kenzie and, and Kobe with me, and, 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 and every time we'd pull through a drive-thru, I'd share it, and, and you would see the expression on their faces. I'd say, watch this, watch this, watch this. You know Jesus loves you. And it would be, y'all know how it is working in drive through. They deal with jerks all the time. So they'd, they'd look down, and when you tell them that, it's just, And sometimes you'll be able to have a conversation. They'll say, Amen. That's what, all sister, you go to church, don't you? <laughs> and sometimes it's just, thank you. Because yeah. the day they were having, they needed to hear that. Please, let's be disciples. I'm proud you're here. I am. I don't want nobody to leave here and think, boy, preaching mad at all of us. I'm not. I'm proud you're here. I'm proud God's given us this building. I'm proud God's given us this crowd and we're gonna have some more in the next service. But I don't want Jesus to be disappointed with us. When we get to heaven and and we say, Hey, here we are. And he's gonna say, Who'd you bring with you? Come on. That's right. I'm a disciple. How many of you made? How many of you brought to Jesus and told them and taught them how to do what you do? Yeah, amen. Until then, you can't claim to be a disciple. Every believer is a disciple. Every disciple is a disciple maker. Yeah. Every disciple of potential church and every church a training center. Yeah. Right. How many of y'all have seen the posters on the walls? Look for the posters on the walls, people. Okay? We got to change the color. Make a note. We got to change the color. I'm going to put lights around them, flashing lights. I don't went, well, oh, Lord, have mercy. We went way too long. Say this with me. Every believer, Every believer is a, disciple. Is a disciple. Every disciple. Every disciple is a disciple maker. Is a disciple maker. Every disciple is a potential church. church. Every church church. is a training center. center. Every church church. is a training center. center. Every church church. is a training center. center. Tonight, I'm going to share my vision about the Temple Baptist disciple-making training center. Tonight, four o'clock, I'll see you. Can we all stand? Can we all stand? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord.